All right, let's start with Krishna Karnam's question from Poland. Um, he says, according to Srimad Bhagavatam 2.10.6, liberation means being situated in one's original position. Muktir hitvanayata rupam svarupena vyavastiti. If, according to Lord Chaitanya, the natural position of a living entity is to be an eternal servant of Krishna, Jireswarupoi Krishna Nityadas, then why do Gaudiya devotees include Sayuja Mukti as one of the five kinds of liberation when there is no possibility of serving Bhagavan there? Thank you for the question. The um, scriptures mentioned five types of liberation. Uh, Salokya, Sharsti, Samipya, Sarupya, um, and Sayuja. And there are different interpretations of what Sayuja means. And that holds true even within <clears throat> Gaudiya Vaishnavism. For example, in his Govinda Basha, which is Commentary on Vedanta Sutra for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas Pali Vidibhushan explains Sayuja differently than Krishnadas Kaviraj explains Sayuja Mukti in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Baladev, his explanation, it seems to accord more with other prominent Vaishnava Sampradayas, like the Madhva Sampradaya, or the Ramanuja Sampradaya. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he explains that Sayuja Mukti is the basis of the other four types of Mukti, in that it constitutes a oneness with Bhagavan, a realization of the of, of the oneness in quality, if you will, that one is constituted with of excuse me, constituted of um, with 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 Godhead. So to give an example, um, a spark of fire and fire are both fire. Obviously they're different you can't cook and heat your house with a, house with a spark. Excuse me. But you can with a fire. Mm-hmm. But qualitatively, the, far, the spark is fire-like, nonetheless. So he says that all types of um, mukti have sayuja as their as their basis. Mm-hmm. And then, in contrast, Krishna Skabiraj Goswami refers to Sayuja Mukti as a identification on the part of jnanis, those who are predominantly engaged in the path of jnan. Jnan here, of course, means the likeness between Atman Paramatma, between Jiva and, and Brahman. 
same idea of that Balde Bidibushan is, is bringing up. But Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami says that, um, that on the path of Gyan, having the likeness between the Jiva and Bhagwan, Atman Paramatma, that likeness, the realization of that being the goal, seems that the Jiva does, doesn't, thinks itself matter, thinks it's temporal, thinks it's subject to uh, um, the transformations of material nature, it dies, for example, or if you uh, um, give it an anesthetic, it disappears. Only thing in that instance, what really disappears is, is where the Atma is consciously focused. It's absorbed in a material conception of itself. And that material conception of itself is, is under uh, an influence anesthesia that doesn't afford it any longer experience of that, uh, physical realm and, and sense of self. If it was preoccupied entirely with its own self, then um, just like in near-death experiences, similarly during anesthesia, someone could be uh, a devotee, a mystic, could be awake. Um, so at any rate, um, I'm di- uh, um, digressing for the moment, but likeness between Atma and Brahman, this is the ideal. To realize this is the ideal in the Gyan Marg. <clears throat> so, excuse me, um, given that Brahman feature of the Absolute as the Godias think of it is um, um, a feature of the Absolute that one could realize and in doing so realize nothing more than one's likeness with Bhagavan. One would not realize the, the simultaneous, from our point of view, difference from Bhagavan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, while the Dvaita Vedanta posits that there is no Jiva ultimately, there is only Brahman, and Brahman ultimately has no uh, distinguishing characteristics, qualities, he's indeterminate. Mm-hmm. When the Jiva does away with it, his illusion is done away with, it realizes that it's it's Brahman. Now the Gaudias say that doesn't happen because there is a Jiva. So you, the Jiva is not to be extinguished. There is a real thing called the Jivatma. And it has likeness to the Absolute. And if that's all one's interested, then one can enter into, in Krishna Das's terms, Sayujimuti, which is what um, the question refers to, this idea of Sayujimuti. We can enter into Sayujimuti, and what happens there is oneself is not extinguished. It's not an illusion like Advaita Vedanta posits, but it identifies wholly with its likeness between itself and Brahman and sees no experiences, no difference. Experiences no difference between itself and, and, Bhag- and Brahman 
and it has no experience of the of the variegatedness and the differentiating qualities of Brahman in the form of Paramatma, for example, and Bhagwan. Mm-hmm. Aspects of the absolute which absolute are realized by different uh, approaches rather than Gyan. Mm-hmm. Of course, now we should note that from the Gaudi perspective, to attain this idea of Sayuja Mukti on the Gyan mark, one needs some bhakti to do so. Some bhakti, provisionally, right? Um, so there are different opinions about Sayuja Mukti. You're referring to the opinion of Krishna Skavirash Goswami. <clears throat> and um, that's not to say that earlier... Um, Theologians of the of the Sampradaya don't um, or they, they differ from Krishnadas. Um, they, they I think they tend not to. And Baladev's perspective seems to be a little bit of a um, outlier, you know, comparatively. Um, but um, um, your question is. If that type, that idea of Sayuja Mukti includes no service to Bhagavan, and the Jeev is inherently a servant of Bhagavan, then how can it be called liberation? Well, um, in the verse that you refer to from the 10th chapter of the second canto of the Bhagavatam, I think it's the sixth verse. I believe Vishwana Chakritakur comments there that uh, that this um, realization could be either differentiated or non-differentiated. Mm-hmm. So he acknowledges that there is uh, an un, or indeterminate, let's say, an indeterminate or determinate. Mm-hmm. So that the jiva can realize that it's it's this aspect of itself, which is sufficient to free it from material conditioning. Hmm? This aspect means it's non-difference. It's qualitative oneness with Bhagavan. Hmm? Now, if you realize your qualitative oneness with Bhagavan, because that's what your, your goal is, you're not going to be any longer influenced by the illusory notion that there's a diff- that there's a difference between you and Bhagavan um, you know, based on the material perception, which is an, which is an illusion. Mm-hmm. So, um, therefore, it is it, it's a form of liberation, mm-hmm. but it's an, it's it's clear in Gaudiya Vaishnavism that there are different degrees of liberation, different degrees of penetration into transcendence. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is like to poke your head into transcendence. And having gone, having gone there, you're not going to come out. And because you've gone there in a particular way, Bhagwan affords that to those who so uh, desire. Now, Bhaktivedanta Thakur, commenting on this, refers to this type of liberation as um, not incomplete. I forget the word that he uses. Um, If 
but maybe I don't think it's incomplete, but something to maybe a better word, but but um, not full. Let's say partial. Well, he doesn't say it's, it's you're fully liberated. You're fully liberated, but all that you are it has it has not become clear. Therefore, we find to support Bhakti Vinod's position that Sanatana Goswami and Brigad Bhagavatamrita has made clear and cited scriptural support um, for the idea that those who are in Sujamukti can progress within transcendence from there to Vaikuntha, uh, active service to Bhagavan, uh, either Shantaras, which would be a Appreciation of the of the beatific form of Bhagwan and acknowledging of a difference between oneself and 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 Bhagwan or Dasya Bhakti um, would be uh, active service and um, and uh, um, interest in love for appreciation for the qualities of Bhagwan Leelas and so forth and so on so. Um, I believe that Sanatana Goswami in making this point has even cited Shankaracharya hmm, in his way to Vedanta. Um, so I don't have those quotes uh, at the top of my at the tip of my tongue, but um, there and I believe also uh, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Rupa Goswami has also, I believe, I recall correctly, said something to the same effect. I have to look that up. Um, but um, it's a state, anyway, it's a status of mukti because there's no, you're not in material existence anymore. All that you are as a servant of Bhagwan, however, it may not be realized. Now, some people try to say, well, that's a form of service to being. But, but, but I don't agree with that. I agree with uh, Bhakti Minot's position. It's it's a it's a kind of a form of like you you woke up but you didn't go outside yet. You know, you woke up from your sleep, you're awake, and it's fantastic to be awake compared to what your your sleeping life and what your nightmares were about. Everything's okay. It's all right. I'm safe. I am. I be. I thought I was going to die. That was my nightmare. I am. But you haven't gone outside. And you may not. Hmm? You may not. Um, how will you, how will such a person who's so preoccupied with, with this own, this one aspect, my likeness with Bhagavan, which is, you know, significant, um, but preoccupied with that and with the type of sadhusanga that fosters that as the be-all and end-all, um, that one-mindedness, difficult to um, go beyond that, if you will, right? Maybe even someone in, in the stage of practice who's preoccupied with that and has given up all other material desires and only one-minded and that, it's going to be difficult to convince that person of the virtues of of, of 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 bhakti, be easier to convince somebody who has got material desires. 
they're easier to give up than the desire, than desire to give them all up that's been accomplished, <laughs> right? So that's a hard nut, that guy, that kind of guy, those Gyanis, you know. It's hard to get to their head, to their heart, through their head. Hmm? Uh, so, um, but it's possible. Hmm? It's possible by the mercy of Bhagavan. And I like to give the example. Let's say that you were influenced by a Gyani with regard to Hinduism, Vedanta, um, self-realization, and so on and so forth, concepts of reincarnation, karma, the whole world of of uh, of uh, fascinating world of, of Vedanta, the world of consciousness, if you will, um, by a by a, a person, a sadhu, who attained that type of eventually left the world and attained that uh, videha mukti as in, in sayuja sayuja mukti as described by Krishna Skabiraj Goswami. There he is. Now you, meanwhile, are in this world, and, and subsequently you become yeah, the sadhu sangha of, of great Vaishnavas. And so your understanding that of that of Vedanta has been developed, nuanced, and so forth. And the uh, um, ideal and then and the understanding of Vedanta that your, your your initial preceptor had, you have. Uh, conceptually uh, entered into a, into a larger picture hmm, of the nature of this, the self. Hmm. But still, that person helped you, so you, you have affection for, for him or her. Hmm. You think fondly of them. So as you become more and more advanced, still your thoughts of them or an appreciation of them is there. So because you have become very advanced in bhakti, and you appreciate that person, then Krishna gives attention to that person in Sarja, pulls him out. That's the idea. So it is a form of bhakti, but it's, um, I wish I could remember Bhakti Nath's term. It's in his, uh, I think it's in his Tattva, I can't remember the book now, Tattva, um, the Bhakti Tattva Vivek. It's not Bhakti Tattva Vivek. He might say it in there too, but he gives like 10 teachings or something like Das Mula, I think it may be. Das Mula Tattva, something like that. So you can, you can, you can look there. I hope that helps. If there's a further follow up on that, I'll be happy to entertain it. Thank you. That's quite interesting. So next question is from, is from Krishna Das. Okay. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Morning. Um, so my question is in relation to a quote that I recently came across from Srila Sridhar Maharaj. I was wondering if you could uh, comment on. Um, so the quote goes as follows. Um, Vrindavan is for shallow thinkers. The real place to do bhajan is Kurukshetra, since there Srimati Radhika is in total need of assistance and help because she meets Sri Krishna again after a very long time. And I guess that was a bit confusing to me because I'd never heard of that sort of idea before. I guess most of the time I hear Gaudiya's focus on like Vrindavan or Nabadvip is like the places uh, where they retire to do bhajan and things of that nature. And Yeah. Yes. One has to think, what is Vrindavan? Hmm? What is Vrindavan? 
So if Brindaban, if the if the Ishwari of Brindaban is Radha, as it is, in other words, uh, Brindaban Ishwari, right? Uh, Krishna is bowing to her. Prabhupada used to say that every religion is teaching that God is the most worshipable person. And we're teaching about the worshipable person, worshipable person of God, who God worships. That is Radha. I remember years ago, I was visiting with Chaitanya Swami, Chaitanya Goswami of the Radharaman Goswami uh, lineage coming from Gopal Bhatta Goswami. And he told me that he had met Prabhupada when he was young. And Prabhupada had come, I think, for the first time to Vrindavan. And there was some commotion about him and so forth and excitement. Who is he? And another, another, uh, major, uh, um, visit, if you will, uh, from the, uh, Chaitanya Saraswat Sampradai or the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had come there earlier. And, um, he was not understood by many of the sadhus. He had come with two sannyasi disciples who were dressed like uh, like priests with collars, you know, like shaved heads and tilak. And it was his one of his ways of thinking, of innovating for you know talking to the British um, and so forth. And uh, the, the Bharabhaki. Uh, sects there, those who were externally only or nominally, if you will, uh, Gaudi Vaishnavas, they took exception through stones at his parikram parties. But the Radharamanga Swami used to do that. They accepted him, they acknowledged him. It's worth noting also that in Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's debate, in which he represented the position of Bhakti Manod and Gaudi Vaishnavism, uh, debate which is superior uh, Vaishnavism or Brahmanism, uh, Vaishnavism or Varnashram. It's a big debate in Bengal. Bhakti Siddhanta was supported by the leading um, member of the Radharman uh, Goswami uh, sect at the time. So Prabhupada told us that if you want to learn about deity worship, learn from the Radharman Goswamis. And he had a relationship with with uh, with some of them also. But at any rate, Chaitanya Goswami, I was speaking with him and he said that he was telling me how the Prabhupada came and he was fascinated by Prabhupada. He wasn't sure, you know, what what he was all about, you know, because he's a little different. Um, and he had these Western followers, a few of them. So he said, I, I asked him, Swamiji, how can we uh, uh, realize Krishna? Something to that effect. And Swamiji said, well, you have to please Radha. And then I knew, oh, he said, he was so excited when he, then I knew, oh, he's a Godia. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so this is the Vrindavan, hmm? right? So what Puja Pachita Maharaj is saying is that, um, that we should be concerned hmm, with finding the necessity of Radha. Hmm? Wherever we can find the greatest necessity of Radha, that's where we want to be. And by what I'm saying, that is Vrindavan. Hmm? Right? 
So it's at Kurukshetra. It's not, it's a different location from Vrindavan, but it's at Kurukshetra that the Vrindavan, the significance of Vrindavan is also brought out. Morman Vrindavan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was saying during the Rathayatra. And he is in the mood of Radha at Kurukshetra and teaching my mind and Vrindavan are one and the same. You are on my mind talking to Krishna, so you must be in Vrindavan. We can't be anywhere else. So in a broader sense, Vrindavan is a, is a, is a, is a consciousness, right? A particular consciousness. One way or another, uh, it's uh, the way to Krishna is heart is, is is through Radha. So I think that the you know the idea that the location, if you will, in the holy place, the sacred geography, let's say, of Kurukshetra is superior ontologically than Vrindavan is not what Shudamarsh is saying. If you look at what he's saying, he's saying that the necessity of serving the necessity of Radha, wherever that is. That's where we want to be. And that really is the essence of Vrindavan. Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai. Ki Jai. Okay. Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. That's very helpful. Rathiyatra Ki Jai. That's the teaching. Okay. Uh, the next question is from Chandralila Devi Dasi. She left this question on the Shichidnasanga Facebook group. And she says, does making commitments help us develop love or should we make commitments based on the feelings we already have in the context of looking for sincerely performing seva? I'm sorry. Can you really once more? Uh, making commitments. There's a question about okay. making... She's basically asking, like, should we first focus on duty or should we first have feelings and then do our duty? She says, does... Making commitments help us develop, develop love, or should we make commitments based on the feelings we already have? And that, she says this is all in the context of looking to sincerely perform seva. Well, it's probably somewhere in between. We should make commitments based on the feelings that we have, but we have an ideal also. So we have to apply ourselves and commit ourselves according to our level of realization. Right? Our Adhikar, I think that's in one sense what you're talking about. But also in the context of our Adhikar, we're aspiring for something um, more. We're aspiring for higher Adhikar. Right? So, um, so, um, so somewhere in between, we should, we should take some steps, right? Try to increase our adhikar and our um, um, commitments. Um, of course, I mean, you know, should I make a commitment that I should chant sixty-four rounds when I really don't have the adhikar to do so? You know, no, right? That 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 you make a commitment beyond your adhikar, then you're not going to be able to live up to that that commitment. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be discouraged altogether. That that's one way of looking at it. Hmm? The other side is Chaktva Sadharmam Sharanam Bujam Hare. Vajana Pakboto Patet Pitamudi Yatra Kvabadram Bhuda Mushikim Kovartapta 
Vajatam Sadharma. Sadharma till I anyway, a long time from the Narad Bhagavatam, 12 or so verses of the Bhagavatam, where Narad is uh, speaking to Vyas, Chakvasvadharma. It's similar. He says, well, what if you give up your, you know, you, 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 you apply yourself beyond your eligibility? Hmm. Then, and then you're stuck, and, and then you fail. Then, then what's your position? And Narad says, it's better than it was. <laughs> it's better than it was. You tried. This verse is like, what if I give up the Varnashram to take up, you know, spiritual life, but I'm, but I'm not, a, I don't have the Faladi car to do so. And so I fall, fall down. Well, Narad's statement is, well, you, 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 because it's actually spiritual, if it's bhakti, then however far you did go, you'll pick up, you'll pick up there where you left off, right? So, uh, so there's eternal benefit. And Narada, of course, is, you know, there he is in the Bhagavatam. He, he, he was given a hundred sons of Daksha, Householder Daksha to Narada to train them in spiritual principles as brahmacharis so that they could become good grihastas and so forth. And Narada preached to them and said, why should you become grihastas at all? Might as well stay as brahmacharis. And, uh, Daksha was a little perturbed by that, but, you know, these eccentric sadhus, he thought we have to accommodate them. So, okay. So we got another hundred sons, gave those hundred sons to, to Narada and said, you know, please train these. So Nara did the same thing. They all remained as brahmacharis. And that blew the circuits of Daksha. He thought, what kind of religion is this? This guy's teaching them to, you know, they're just young boys to, to give up married life and just, you know, what, what are their chances of success? This is a corruption of religion and so on. So he had that uh, that idea. And he cursed Narada Muni that he would never be able to stay in one place for more than three days. So he's constantly wandering. He took it as a blessing um, and so forth. So that side is there too. Hmm. So we want to be careful, I guess I should say, that in um, committing ourselves relative to our to our Adhikar, where we're actually at, is important. But we have to be careful in doing so that we don't become complacent. Hmm. Hmm. And then we don't become, and we don't think that where we're at is sufficient. Hmm. We want to grow. We want to improve. And so make a little more commitment. So let's give an example. We, we function, uh, we practice, we make commitments to practice hmm, relative to our Adhikar. But then days, holy days come as an opportunity to increase for a day, for a day, you can chant 64 rounds and fast for a day, you know, whatever you, for, for a month, for Kartik, you can add an extra vow that you couldn't follow all the time, but you do it for a month. So these are ways that are built into the system to help us commit beyond the level of our Adhikar incrementally so that we don't become complacent and Ardhikar further develops. I hope that helps.
Thank you, Gurmash. I have to say it's a little refreshing to hear that, to be reminded of that statement by, by Narada Muni, because there's so much of this thinking now that, oh, you have to always be so balanced psychologically, and that's the highest form of devotion. You're always so well situated. But Narada is saying, no, you're actually better off. Not that I'm saying that everybody should go be on their audio car all the time, but I guess mm-hmm. I've done it plenty in my own life, so it feels kind of good to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you get some scars from that, you know, you don't. There's no loss in that sense. You may not be able to sustain, uh, and that may be problematic from a societal point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may be a little problematic psychologically, uh, it's possible, but from an eternal point of view, well, uh, it's, it's, it, you, you, there's some benefit there to be, to be, uh, realized in time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so the next question is from Sajan. Sajan, good to see you. Same here, Maharaj. Um, so yeah, no, it's just been wonderful hearing your your replies to the last uh, two two inquiries there, and um, so kind of like a long uh, following on the track of um, the the ongoing progressive subjective evolution of consciousness. I loved so much in Srila Guru Maharaj's first uh, book that came out in English, the uh, reality, search for Sri Krishna reality, the beautiful, that was, um, uh, he meant uh, Jesus was not, Jesus was not a stagnant kind of concretized you know, like, uh, conception and that it was, he also was an on, he had, uh, the opportunity for ongoing subjective evolution in, in his particular expression of the one Godhead. And so I was just kind of wondering, could the same be said? Because we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't realistically imagine that neither Jesus nor anyone would have like an, an advantage that, that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not have. So along those lines, could we say that what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also kind of spoke or expressed or uh, when he was with us uh, in the world some 550 years ago, uh, that there was also room for him to have uh, different perspectives, different feelings, different types of um ideas or suggestions even, you know, uh, which he did not express uh, 550 years ago in his particular uh, sociocultural environment that he appeared in. So let's say he would, uh, Jesus said something like, there's more of what I cannot tell you now. Or something. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I think that... Um, the concept that Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj was talking about there um, is not something that we apply only to everybody who's not a Godi Vaishnava, and every Godi Vaishnava is already static, they're there. <laughs> and everybody else right. maybe grow and progress, get there and stop, and it stops there, because the very nature right. of that ideal in Godi Vaishnava, the Prem, is said to be full and simultaneously ever expanding. So this is a very dynamic idea of eternity because if something's eternal, well, you think it's got to be always there. Here there's growth within eternality. 
unlimited. <laughs> so, um, and, and when we speak about Krishna, uh, let's say Rupa Goswami is given 64 qualities of Krishna. Uh, Jiva Goswami is given, I think, 84 or something like that. And, uh, and there's, I think, besides the 64 that Rupa Goswami is given, and he quotes a verse from Bhagavatam that gives more. Anyway, so the point is that certain, there are unlimited, Krishna has unlimited qualities. Krishna is unlimited to realize himself, the depths of himself, and so on. Now, we don't know in human society, since its inception, whatever, of any other conception of the Godhead that is more full than Krishna. Hmm? Uh, And that's our analysis, and the Goswamis try to be pretty objective about that, right? Hmm? They make a good a good argument for it. Now, so there may be a stopping point there, but the point of the stopping point is there's no stopping in that point, right? Yeah. So, so, and we see, for that matter, in the Chaitanya Sampradaya, that since the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, insights have come out, um, and, and so forth, that uh, maybe were there in a seed, but weren't fully developed, and so on. New leelas, hmm? new members. New members. <laughs> Kumar is entering the Leela for the first time. And there's a Leela, you know, but he's entering the Leela. Yes. Member and with him comes a new Leela. So, and, and, and that Leela is eternal at the same time. So these things certainly don't fit between the ears. Um, but there's room for them in the heart, if you will. So, um, so yeah. Um, if the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began in, in, you know, in modern history, if you will, 500 years ago, that's a short, short period of time. And, uh, and there's much room for more insight to come within a certain context, I guess. I mean, I'll give you another example. Rupa Goswami mentions eight sattvika vikar, the coming transformation, sattvika existential transformations, Involuntary transformations of ecstasy, weeping, horripilation, trembling, and so forth. He said, there are others, but they're so rare, you know, I'm not going to talk about them. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited some of them, like perspiring blood. and, and So who knows? It's a world of ecstasy, right? Hmm? Yes. Where Jiva Goswami says, you know, there the talking is singing, the walking is... Uh, dancing, what must be the dancing? What must be the singing? He, his, his own mind is blown by the, you know, the whole concept. So it's very, uh, dynamic and the dynamism that Guru Marsh, Pujapachinamar speaks of with regard to Jesus, it applies to ourselves, our God, Krishna himself, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I mean, look at the, look at, look at the, the Chaitanya Leela. I mean, Everything about Krishna Leela is there in the Bhagavatam. There's no, there's no overt, explicit mention of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and another Leela inside of the Leela. Hmm? But there it is. There's this, this further development. You know, what's next? Be, be prepared for an exciting ride, right? However fresh, and new, new insights and experiences. What we think Krishna consciousness to be now. It's that, but 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 quite a bit more. 
And it'll always be a little bit more. Jai. Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you so much. Anything else? Another question? Yes, there's a question from Abhay Krishna. He's not on the call today, but he left this last week or sent me this question. He says, Dear Guru Maharaj, I have a question regarding worshipping the faith of the Guru. Worshipping the faith of the Guru? Yeah. Uh In the early stages of our practice, we can start to feel that our budding faith is our greatest treasure, offering us the beginning of a new ground to stand on, a ground outside of the mind's control over us. I think we can get a sense that this new ground is vastly superior to the mental realm we were previously restricted to, even if in our early stages we still have to fight the mind to submit at times. My question is, if we can look to our guru's faith, which is vast and heavy, the guru whose mind has completely submitted to its proper place to serve his faith and see that faith as if a deity that we can worship, Finding confidence in seeing the full-blown faith in our guru and worshiping that faith and hoping uh, to hoping so that that with so doing it will also increase our own faith. He has a nice way of talking about this, doesn't he? That was quite nice, boy. Um, but yeah, um, I would answer your question affirmatively. And I would say also that in one sense, um, the progression in spiritual life in Gaudiya Vaishnava terminology largely is a further growth of one's faith. Um, to illustrate this or support this, Rupa Goswami has described three levels of adhikar. Kanishta, Madhyam, Uttam, Neophyte, intermediate and superlative. And he's distinguished each from the other by the measure of faith that is involved and the, the, the standing in faith. And faith is, yes, standing, because as we know, the Gita says, Shraddha ayam purushaha, a person is their faith. Faith is the animating principle. So this is one example of how the, uh, the growth of our faith is um, what we're in, in, involved in. Pujapatridamarsh used to refer to the part of Yom, the world beyond mind and senses, the real world, if you will, um, as planets of faith. And uh, conversely, this is the realm of doubt, no doubt, hmm? no doubt about it, right? So if his reasoning was simple, but profound. If there's a realm of doubt, world of doubt, there must be a world of faith. And in the world of doubt, there must rest- movement must be, rest- be restricted. Hmm? Suspicion, he used to say, leads to suspension. If there's a doubt, then we're, rest- we're not. The movement is not free. Hmm? It's 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 being. Uh, it's a kind of a proceed with caution perspective. So, given clearly that such a realm exists and we're in it, he reasons there must be a realm free from doubt 
and what was it, what it must be like. That is what Vrindavan is, free movement. Hmm? We call it home. So home is homeland. When you're home, hmm, then uh, you're not proceeding with caution, right? You're amongst the, those who love you. Mother says, eat this. You don't go, what's in it? Hmm? You know, suspicious and so forth, right? Hmm? Um, so, uh, uh, so in, in, at, at home, then the heart is functioning and, and the doubting, which is a function of intellect, reason is, is put to rest. This reason is, 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 is more of, of a problem than it is a solution. Uh, it's, we have it, we can use it to our advantage, but it's, it's very easy to be used by it and abused, abused by it. And it's very subtle. It's to be abused by your senses, it's more apparent that you're being abused by your senses or by your thoughts, by well, thoughts. But by reasoning, hmm, um, we can be abused, but it's less apparent to us that that's what's happening. Hmm? Looks like we're, 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 we're doing good for ourselves. Um, so, um, you can reason yourself out of, out of spiritual life, for example. Reason you don't exist. You can reason that you don't exist. And if you were to act according to reasoning, well, then, you know, talk to Camus. That's what he did. He, 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 he walked his talk, so he committed suicide. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so, um, what was the question again? Faith, faith, right, faith. So, um, there must be a realm uh, free from doubt. Um, and what it must be like. And he called it, so he called it inappropriately so, I would say, planets of, of faith. Again, this is giving faith. Faith is something substantial, like you said in your question. It's a real ground to stand on. It's more firm than the ground of the mind. Hmm? The ground of just of, 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 of thoughts about things, all of which are here today and gone tomorrow. <laughs> you know, this is shaky, shaky ground. So, of course, there are different kinds of faith, faith in different modes of nature, but we're talking about transcendental faith, right? Faith from that, from that, from the world of faith. Hmm? And the guru embodies that kind of faith. Hmm? And so if faith is, and it's, its development is synonymous with the development of, of bhakti, as I'm explaining, then a perfect faith, it expresses itself as, as bhava. Perfect faith is expressed as bhava. One's faith is fully developed, want to be animated, faith being the animating principle, by bhava. And so, with regard to your question, our guru mantra involves two things. Guru Devaya Vidmahe. This is a petition that, Prachoda, may my, may I come to it's a very prachodi, a very difficult word to understand. Maybe I to 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 translate. May I come 
aware of, maybe come to understand Vidmahe Guru, the truth about Guru Tattva. Krishna, uh, uh, Guru Devaya Vidmahe. So um, it's a petition that may I have the Sukriti to understand Guru Tattva. This principle, elusive, difficult, hmm? one hand. And Krishnanandaya Dimahi. Hmm? At the extent which I've understood Guru Tattva, hmm? then let me Dimahi meditate on the faith of my Guru. Hmm? His or her Ananda, Krishnanandaya Dimahi. The ananda of the guru, the the bhava of the guru. Hmm? This is the the animation hmm? driven by fully developed faith. So, in this sense, daily, to put it in your terms, we do meditate through the guru mantra, our guru mantra, guru gayatri. This is the guru gayatri part of it um, that I've mentioned the words. Um, we do meditate on the faith of our guru, the power of our guru. May, may I, may I um, become absorbed in meditation? This is the appeal, appeal on the ananda of my guru. This is similar to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's Guru Vastakam, Sakshadharitvena, Samastha Shastra. All the scriptures say it, the guru is one with God. Sakshadhari. He's sakshad, or he directly sakshad, Hari himself. Kintu, however, he's priya, he's dear to Krishna. He's, 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 he's directly Krishna, and he's dear to Krishna. How can he be, be both? So first we need to understand he's directly Krishna. It means you better pay attention here. Hmm? I remember standing next to Prabhupada, as I did in early days, and in New Dwarka, when he gave his class in the morning on his right-hand side, there I was every morning. And one morning he said, so the guru is the incarnation of Krishna's uh, Krishna's mercy. And just like, wow. Where did, you know, here, here's where I, you know, we wanted Krishna's mercy. This is where it is. It's personified here. I pay attention, should pay attention here. And so Sakshad Hari is another like powerful state. He is directly Hari. Hmm? She is directly Hari. So you, it means you better give all attention here. Now, if you give all attention here in due course, hmm, it's going to be apparent, apparent to you that the Guru is animated by a particular bhava. Hmm? Right? And so then you want to relate to the Guru relative to his or her bhava. You may have the same bhava. You may, it's possible you may have a different bhava. Um, but still, um, that meditating uh, uh, on the Guru's Baba is, is, is doesn't doesn't change. I'll give you an example of that. Um, Duki Krishna Das, the disciple of Hrdaya Chaitanya, hmm, um, who, was, uh, uh, who, who was the disciple of Gurudas Pandit. Sakyaras lineage coming from Nityananda Prabhu. He was in Vrindavan as Duki Krishnadas and he um, had a mystic 
experience and Gopi blessed him with Gopi Bhav. And uh, he had found, he was sweeping a place of Leela, Leela's, and he found a, a bangle or something like that. And, uh, and this Gopi appeared and said, oh, my mistress, Rod had lost that. Thank you for finding that. So he had this vision and she took it and pressed it on his forehead and it made a T-lock kind of mark. And it was indelible. So her Dajitani said, well, what kind of, why are you wearing this T-lock? Nobody's ever seen this T-lock before. This is weird. You know, you've got to have a kind of T-lock. And, and uh, anyway, it, it turned out that that his experience was verified. He went into, he fell into a trance and in the trance, Subal, who's the guru of her Chaitanya, appeared and told him, tell your guru this, because um, only someone who heard it from me would know. No no third, or him, or Chaitanya, no third person would know. So when Nuki Krishnadas came to external consciousness, he told Hrita Chaitanya this, whatever it was, and Hrita Chaitanya could understand that in his meditation he had actually met Subal. And so um, he was blessed. Yes, you pursue Gopi Bhav. And um, and he, uh, Duki Krishnadas, um, remained in a position eternally of the disciple of Hrita Chaitanya. Hmm? He didn't say, oh, you're in Sakyabhav, so I'm going to get another guru, my other guru. Um, so you, uh, so anyway, this is just a side point. Hmm? Prabhupada, obviously, um, as he stated publicly and privately, his ideal was uh, Sakyabhav and Bhakti Siddhanta was in, in um, Madhurya Bhav. So he meditated on the Bhav of his guru. Thus he became an Armasaka. So, so anyway, we do that. We meditate on the, that my guru is, has certain Bhava and, and, and she, she's standing on the ground of that. Uh, let me stand on that same ground in one position or another, but that, that it is that um, corresponds with how Krishna would like to accept service from me. So it's a nice question. It was nicely worded. Much appreciated. I hope the answer is helpful. So let's see. Oh, a small correction. Kamu actually did not kill himself. He died in a car accident. But probably he would have gotten to it, around to it at some point. Who died in a car accident? Uh, Camus. You mentioned he killed himself, but he actually did not. Oh, I guess he wanted to. But... Yeah. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a couple kind of shorter questions. Atma Charan asked, this was actually from last week, so it was connected to something, but it's still worth asking. He was asking, uh, what would be a good book source uh, what would be a good source to better understand the concept of Maha Shakti? Mm. 
Well, I don't know per se what you are referring to by the term Mahashakti. Um, you know, what comes to mind is Radha is the fullest expression and embodiment personification of the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. Sarup Shakti is the great Shakti. If you will, Ma means great. It um, overwhelms Krishna. Hmm. Um, It causes Brahman who's everywhere to move. Hmm. Brahman who knows everything to wonder about some things. Uh, to be in doubt about some things. Does she, she loves me? She loves me not. I'm not sure. Right? This is the power of the Surup Shakti. That's the Maha Shakti. And Gaudiya Vaishnavism is all about that Shakti. Every book, it's in every book. <laughs> uh, so without, you know, further clarification of exactly what you, you mean by Maha Shakti, um, looking at it from uh, this angle, as a reference to the Sarup Shakti, where, uh, the fullest, this, uh, there are many ways in which that Sarup Shakti expresses itself. Bhakti is the essence of the Sarup Shakti, and Radharani is the fullest uh, embodiment and personification of that Shakti. And as I say, Gaudi Vaishnava is all about, about uh, Radha. Hmm. So, forgive me if I'm not answering your question sufficiently, but it's only due to lack of understanding what particularly you are particularly you're referring to. You know, so given my ex- example, well, you could read uh, perhaps um, from the Leela point of view, uh, you could read um, Madhav Mahotsava of Jiva Goswami, where Radharani is, is crowned as the queen of Vrindavan. That's a, a legal way of talking about the Mahashakti. Um, and someone else, Shradadeva asked, the Dhyan of our Guru, yes, 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 the meditation of our Guru, yes. We were talking about that. So, we're out of time, right? Or are there other Pretty questions? Much. There's one short one, but we can leave it for next week. What is it? Um, it's well, hold on. Gunjan Sharma asks, Dandavat Pranam Maharaj, thank you so much for your kind mercy. What is the significance of directions in which various Sakis Kunjas are situated at Radha Kunda in Vrindavan, like Lalit Saki in north, Visak Saki in northeast, and so on? Well, that's the sacred geography. So there's something called sacred geography, but that means the geographical space beyond time and space. And it has directions, it has everything that ordinary geographical space has. Um, but it's beyond time and space. So space being, so it has all those things, just like the spiritual body has all the things that a material body has. Krishna has an ego. He has a hunkar, manas, chitta, uh, uh, Bodhi, and so forth. Mm. Um, earth, water, fire, air, ether, these material ingredients, they're there in the, in, in, in the Leela also. Mm. So, uh, let me give you another example. Somebody asked me, 
Maharaj, can I have a private moment with you? Yes. I wanted to ask, is there any real sex in the spiritual world? You know what I mean? And I said, no, you don't understand. There's no real sex in the material world. Hmm. So we'll go on from there. Hope to be back with you next uh, next Sunday. Thank Hope you very much. Hari Hari Bo. Hari Bo. Shagaram Raj Ki Jai.